0: The following presentation has been prepared by the Video Tax News Team for Canadian Tax and Financial Professionals. Program recorded December 20th, 2023. Enjoy. Welcome to 2024. We are in the January edition of Life in the Tax Light. Oh, I can't wait to get going on a brand new year and maybe some tax.
1: Huge well, job. I hope they fix the calendar for this year because last year I think it went January 3rd, July 27th. So fingers crossed I'll get more done in that intervening six months.
2: Well, I guess that means we better not dilly-dally and let's get straight into the technical content. The first thing that I wanted to mention is the Department of Finance just issued a press release mentioning that the uh, pre-budget consultations have begun. In other words, if you want to put your say out there in terms of what the government should do with the money rules that should change etc you can definitely click on the link below this video let's talk budget 24.ca and submit your comments now this will close on february 9th 2024 so don't dilly-dally either
0: All right. Uh, Well, one thing that another thing we did see in December was a pretty big release from Health Canada, providing several details on this brand spanking new Canada dental uh, dental care plan. It's an income sensitive kind of insurance policy for those Canadians who, as a family, do not earn in excess of $90,000. So wide range of dental services would be covered under this plan as it relates to tax because we know obviously everything comes back to the tax planning <laughs> tax returns that we're doing. Uh, in order to qualify for this plan, you have to have filed your prior year tax return and also not have access to other dental health insurance. Now, with respect to the rollout of this plan, it will be uh introduced over kind of all of 2024, moving into 2025 with Older Canadians having uh, earlier access to register the with register in the plan, as well as those el- individuals eligible for the disability tax credit, getting earlier access. And those taxpayers will be notified uh, by the government when they can register. If you are a dentist, an orthodontist, some other type of oral health provider, heads up that you will be able to enroll voluntarily in this plan meaning that you as a provider will be able to submit the bills for these eligible clients that you're cleaning their teeth, flossing their teeth. Uh, you submit the bill directly to Sun Life rather than the individual taxpayers get it, uh, going to Sun Life and getting those uh, reimbursements.
1: Kate, I know the other thing I noticed on this was that they said, make sure you know what their reimbursement rates are. That's- they may not match your provincial and territorial recommendations. So there's another item for the dentist to keep an eye open to avoid sticker shock for their patients. Uh, Mm -hmm. And we know that we're going to have to note on our T4s this year, whether people have dental coverage. And that may bring us around to, well, how are we delivering those T4s this year? Well, CRA recently updated their web pages to remind us that electronic distribution is an option, but that's through a secure portal. And you can do that for T4s, T5s, T4As and the new slips for FHSAs, which I assume you gotta be a financial institution to be issuing those. But they remind us that if you wanna send it out by email, you need written consent from the recipient first. And I look at that and go, you know, that's probably a good reminder that for all the convenience of the electronic age, it comes with risk. Uh, Do you want your employer's name, your name, your social insurance number, your address and your earnings level flying around the internet unsecured. So I think we gotta be cautious about those things and it's too easy to brush off just how sensitive that financial data we handle is.
2: now, speaking of uh, uncertainty and, and being unsecure, let's talk a little bit about cryptocurrency for a moment. We've got a release from CRA where they talk about how you report cryptocurrency, and specifically they talk about the T1135, and that's where you're supposed to report a specified form property if it's got a cost of at least $100,000. So it, is cryptocurrency caught by this? Well, CRA started off by saying that cryptocurrency is considered intangible property. Now, if it is intangible property, you have to take a look at where it is situated, deposited, or held. And if if it is one of those things outside of Canada, then it is SFP and you have to report it. So how do you deal with cryptocurrency? Where is it deposit? Where is it? Hey, it's, isn't it just sort of this thing in the air? We don't really know. Well, CRA said, yeah, you know, it is, it is a pretty complicated calculation, but we can comment on one area. And that has to do with whether it is held by an intermediary. So if it is held by an intermediary. And that intermediary is a crypto trading platform resident in Canada that complies with Canadian regulations um, and it holds assets for the benefit of Canadian clients, then it will not be considered to be situated, deposited, or held outside of Canada. Therefore, you don't have to report it in those cases. So a little bit of knowledge there. And I've got to say, if you dig into this link a little bit further, they talk about a number of other things. Like, for example, if you're selling an NFT, do you have to collect GST, HST on it? It gets a bit complicated, but at least you have the path there to figure out your exposure.
0: Mm -hmm. Nice guidance there as we're thinking about those T1135s in T1 season. Another area that we're starting to get questions in respect of personal tax returns are all of our employees who are still working from home in 2023. Now, we got really used to CRA's admin policy over the last few years to 2020 during the COVID pandemic, where we simply got to claim a deduction for $2 per day that the employee works from home up to a maximum cap. Well, that administrative policy is no longer in effect for 2023 as such. If we want to be claiming deductions related to those employees working from home, we're now back to the standard detailed computation as provided for in the legislation. Did that employee use that space exclusively to earn employment income and meet with customers, clients regularly or continue and continuously Or was that workspace a place where they primarily perform their duties of employment? And NICE this year, CRA has stated that when we're looking at that principal test, we can apply it for a period of four weeks. Do we meet that principal test over that four continuous weeks? So a little bit of good news there. But once again, we're back to the detailed method of tracking home office expenses.
1: Wow, and I'm probably thinking about that when I do my T4s because of the T2200 I got assigned, then I got to do the T1. But in between that, I got to get all these trust returns done, and there's going to be a lot more of them this year. Uh, we've talked about the expanded trust rules very a uh, few times recently and always said, sure be nice to know what CRA's policies are going to be. Well, they came through, they gave us a huge Q&A document. Covered an awful lot of issues on the new filings, the Schedule 15 to disclose the players in the trust, all their identification. And yes, a lot of stuff on those bear trusts that we've been absolutely panicked about. Uh, some of the questions we've had, well, since the bear trust only holds legal title, what am I supposed to report on the trust return? Do I put all the income from that property? c says, no, the bear trust doesn't really hold anything. So You're going to fill out the identification information in the Q&A at the top of the T3 return. Then you're just going to go down to the bottom and deal with the certification section because you don't need to put any numbers on it. There aren't any. Leave those parts blank. Okay. And the other questions we've had have been things like, these things don't even have names. They're informal. What do we call them? Siri says, well, then name it. We got space for 60 characters. Maybe you just want to put the name of the person and trust at the end but you're going to have to call it something. So you got a name to hang on it. Uh, you, CRA, want our written trust documents in order to issue us a trust number. We need that because we want to file electronically. Yeah? But we don't have any written documents. CRA says, well, if you don't have one, make one. Type it up or handwrite it legibly. I'll be typing mine, thank you very much. And uh, <laughs> send it up to us, describing the nature of whatever it is you're holding as a bear trustee who are the real owners? Who are the legal owners? That da 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 And we'll just use that. Uh, CRA also noted that, uh, like we hadn't figured this one out already, I'm glad they did. This is going to confuse the heck out of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. They're not going to know what to do with these bear trusts. Hopefully, there's going to be more public outreach education in the not-too-distant future. But we get that we're not going to get all of these by the due date of April 2nd, 2024. And only for bear trusts and only for 2023 returns, CRA tells us, we will waive the standard late filing penalty if you file it late. They didn't say what they would do if you don't file it at all and they eventually find it. They did say this doesn't extend to the larger penalty where you knowingly or due to gross negligence fail to file. So if you know you have a bear trust, I would say get it filed, don't rely on their good graces. Joel, lots of work for the coming year.
2: That's right. Well, we've got about uh, 10 seconds left in this episode. Just wanted to mention, we do have our personal tax update courses coming up. Hopefully you can join us there. Again, links are below.
0: The Video Tax News team has been providing Canadian accounting and professionals with practical tax information for over 40 years. Subscribe to one of our tax newsletters or join us as we present live and pre-recorded seminars relating to both personal and corporate tax. For more information, go to videotax.com. The preceding information is for general information purposes only and deals with dynamic, time sensitive and complex matters that may not apply to particular facts or circumstances. Information provided should not be relied upon as a substitute for specialized professional advice in connection with any particular matter. For more information, go to videotax.com disclaimer. Copyright Video Tax News Inc. 2023. All rights reserved.